Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Joining us now in studio, as he does each and every Tuesday, the television voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowler. Jack, what's up, Bowler? Jake, good to see you. Gordo, welcome back. Thank you. I understand that there were... All kinds of shenanigans going well, on. You know, you said we, I was on an erotic. Jake vacation. and I are having a good time filling in for Gordon, who's off somewhere uh, on a cruise or some sort of uh, an erotic uh, <laughs> vacation. Oh, just a slip of the tongue, pal. <laughs> just a little slip of the tongue. I wasn't sure. See, what... Bowler, Bowler, and I have vacationed we before, have. so that's, I know where that, he's gone. That, that seems like uh, maybe he was giving up too much information there. <laughs> or something. Oh, by the way, Jake, I had this really nice car coming in. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I don't know how much damage, but I left a note. <laughs> so yeah, it, I you know, nice car. Yeah, I'm left a, left a note that says I left uh, a note. Lloyd Cole and, <laughs> yeah. and a number on Lloyd there. Lloyd Austin, that will take care of it. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. But it was okay. a really nice car. I'll, I'll always be trying to keep up with Bowler. You know that. Was it a fourth best nice car? It was though? probably the fourth or the fifth best right. car I've ever seen. Yeah, I I still love that drop, man. Hey, real quick, uh, Hit Bowler, what were the three jobs you said you had back in your day? And Bowler, tell me if oh. you think any of these are, are okay. actually believable. Well, my first job was a paper route. Uh, not that one. Okay. Uh, the second job I had was uh, I did... Uh, are you an early riser, though, to, to get the, the papers no, up on no, the No, but I always did. Okay. And I uh, hated getting up early, but I did. About 4.30? And that and, about the uh, time to... No, that was a bit earlier. I, I wasn't quite up that early, but I was up there early because I had uh, 77 dailies and like 158 Sundays. Wow. Yeah. Newspaper business runs in his blood. And then, uh, and then I... Uh, Pool boy? What? I pay, I pay... <laughs> well, what happened next? <laughs> I painted houses really? in the summer. Nope. Yeah. No? no. Yeah. I'm not buying that one. <laughs> My friends and I started, Not by invitation. We no. started a painting company, and uh, we would just paint houses. How many houses did you uh, we, we apply? We averaged apply paint at, least, at least 10 a, a summer, maybe more. What was your third job? We were working every day doing that. Well, almost. <laughs> and then uh, and then I uh, I got a job. Uh, well, I was a gardener nope. for a while. Not a chance. Really? Uh-huh. <laughs> Gardner. Gardner. Hmm. Was Lisa there? <laughs> He's a terrific BSer. This is, this is long before I met Lisa. <laughs> you know, yeah, I did gardening and some custodial work. Wow. And, that's impressive yeah. resume. It's true. No Why way. Are you having Jake, such a Jake, hard time? Jake said, no, like, there is no way. <laughs> it's absolutely true. No way. I'm not buying it. Just not. <laughs> okay. All right. I just, uh, just wanted you to should drive a tractor. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> it's oh. true. Got it's it. true. I learned how to drive a tractor on the job and over he, my dead body. How much you want to bet? Everything I'll ever make in the rest of my life. <laughs> Let's make. You've it been on a tractor, let, probably. Let, no, no, I used a tractor for what? For my job. Whose tractor was it? It was at a place called Christ Church, and I I mowed their lawn. With a tractor? Yeah. Had a bush hog on the back? It was, was it a sod farm while you mowed along with a tractor? It was, it was the DuPont family's private church. So no, this can't be proven then? No, I can. Well, I mean. Photos? I, there Photos. Is, I, there's yeah. got to be a, a I tractor, I worked for a fellow Jake. named Wilson Davis 
who had four perfect games bowling, by the way. Terrific. These details yeah. don't make it more believable, by the way. <laughs> and I worked for him. I'm going to call out all listeners if there's, if there's a photo that anyone has. Make sure that you please tweet that immediately. Well, it happened. Uh-huh. Gordon, and so, so I did heavy manual labor. <laughs> the man who hasn't mowed his lawn in 35 years <laughs> well, that, worked on the tractor. Maybe that's why uh-huh. I, I got all that out of my system. You got to have bad experience. <laughs> yeah. All right. I just wanted to run that by bowler. I worked as a mechanic. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. Really? I've, was that where you worked on NASCARs, right? All NASCAR right. and IndyCars. Hold on. <laughs> NASCAR IndyCars. Okay. Give me the bowler jack resume in high school. What okay. Uh, first job I had mowing lawns. Uh, borrowed my dad's mower. Okay. Seven bucks is what I charged this lady. And she came out and watched everything I did. Didn't have any weed eater at that time, so I had to use uh, the hand uh, weed cutters, and she wanted every little corner of that house weeded. And then uh, I worked for, I roofed houses, uh, Woodshake Roofs in Kansas City, Cox Roofing, and then I worked in a grocery store uh, as a bagger and uh, checkout guy. See, these are all believable from Bowling. (laughs) So is mine. I had to be 16 to check. And yeah. then I had to be 18 to make sure when the beer flew through uh, that I was able to, uh, I was legal enough to uh, to check out did beer. Did you haul the stuff out to the oh, car? Yeah. And oh, all yeah, that yeah. Stuff? We had a little, you had to put a number on the on the uh, grocery cart, and then they'd drive up for personal service, and it went ding. <laughs> and you looked over, and they'd show you the number of it, and then you roll out their cart, and they'd say, thank you for, and once in a while you got a dollar tip, which was massive at the time. Did you uh, gather up the carts in the parking lot oh, yeah. and bring them back? Oh, yeah. Brutal. Brutal. In the rain, in the snow, and of course it was uphill to the front door. Of course. Yeah. Always did. But how was your bowling game with Wilson Davis? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> back, in, back in that day, did you still have a problem with people just leaving their shopping carts in the middle of the parking lot? Because those people should be arrested and, and flogged. <laughs> you know, back then, it was just normal just to let it roll. And you could see them from where I was checking, like... Oh, that's not a good angle. That one's going to leave. A, that's going to leave a dent. And sure enough, people people I think are a little bit more cautious and courteous now because we didn't have any like uh, uh, grocery cart, you know, storage areas that you just kind of left them next to your car, uh, and then really? we went out and retrieved them. So that was. Uh, but now, acceptable now you got then. the corral where you just kind of throw it in, and, and you know where to go to get them or bring one in or never leave park one there. next to that. It never way. ceases to amaze me though. People are five feet away from the corral and just they'll leave it uh, and just leave it right there. Yeah. There you go. Hmm. Always hated the cart that had the bad wheel. Oh yeah, I and get that every did. week. Yeah, <laughs> every single <laughs> week one, I find the one wheel. The same oh, stupid cart left the entire time in the grocery store. Like, what is this? <laughs> I can't even control a golf. Uh, I can't control a grocery cart. Well, Bowler, uh, give us some thoughts. What do you make of uh, what's going on in the finals right now with all these injuries? Wow. Um, Anxious for uh, Game 3. I thought Golden State basically kind of stole one and held off uh, Toronto. Mm -hmm. uh, And Drake didn't like it, that's for sure. Uh, You know what? I don't think there's a sense of panic with this team. Champs, multiple-time champs, don't probably panic. But at the same time, you have to be realistic on how Kerr is going to reshape maybe his offensive scheme, his defensive scheme. Yes, you got Curry. I heard you guys talking earlier uh, with Chris Mannix. And, I, and I, look, he's an incredible player. I mean, he, he's one of the top five uh, in the league, if not, not even 
creeping up another one or two notches in my book. But he'll have to take on more and more responsibility. If Clay can't go or if they set him out as an offensive weapon, he'll be a defensive liability if he can't move laterally with, with the hamstring. So that's number one. Uh, you have to look at Iguodala, and you have to look at Draymond Green. We know that KD, I don't know if he'll play again. I, I don't know what the plan is for him and, quote, his people. Uh, but they get into a bad way. Maybe he comes back in a hero kind of uh, walking on the court like what was it uh, Lanier did years and it years was, ago? Uh, it was, oh, I can't believe that I'm forgetting. It was Willis Reed. Willis Reed with the old bullets. Uh, I thought right? it was with the Knicks. Was it Knicks? Yeah. Look, I got my stories wrong. Uh, but it, maybe he walks out as this savior. Who knows what will happen? But they're not going to – look, his 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 people, His he's not going to risk further injury if he's actually departing yeah. uh, the West Coast to go east or wherever he may end up. So Looney's out. Another That's a big loss for big them, loss, I think. Big loss, big defender. Uh, so – they never were deep anyway, guys, in, in, in the bench, in my opinion. I mean, they've done it by a committee of six to seven, right, with a little help from the bench. But now you lose Looney. Clay is a huge loss. And Steph now is going to get double team. He's going to have to do some magical moves, uh, and he'll have to hit a lot of shots. That's a 35-40 point game if, he's, if they're going to have a chance. But you know, I don't know how, how Toronto will respond in, in the land of, of uh, the Warriors. You know, they've, uh, they've been able to sustain before with injury, and we'll see how they, how they play out. But I heard you guys talking earlier, too, the Canadian the viewership uh, has really drawn down the viewership numbers. I think in Canada, they're obviously watching Stanley Cup, too, right? I am. So that's probably taken some eyes away because it's a hockey country. I mean, let's be honest. Toronto's a beautiful city. And, I mean, obviously they're rabid about the, the Raptors, but it's an interesting time for the NBA. If uh, Toronto by chance wins this, opens the door uh, for a lot of things, whether Kawhi stays or goes. I don't know if that's enough, if he wants to go to L.A., Gordo. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, if KD decides. I mean, I heard today he's staying. Then I heard yesterday he's not. <laughs> yeah. So same with Kawhi. I mean, they're going to give him a penthouse. I mean, what – Come on. I'm, I, you, you're just going to have to go where you're happiest, or are you chasing another title? I don't know. They're going to give him a, a free luxury penthouse, and they're going to give him free meals at every restaurant in town for the rest of the time he's there. See, I think he's onto something. Uh, shake down the city. <laughs> what are you going to do for me out there, Toronto? <laughs> Look, I'm going to have an hour special, and I'm, you know, who, who, okay, next. Our special call in. What do you got for me? Okay, free (laughs) shoes and clothes. Okay, I'll put that on the list. What do you think, Bowler, of that uh, of that uh, crazy defense that they were playing against uh, Steph? Box and one. Box and one. Box and one. (laughs) That would be difficult. Nick Nurse. They're trying. You know. Yeah. I mean, look what the Jazz tried to do to Harden. You know, and that was a difficult situation for Quinn to try to implement a whole new defensive scheme. Uh, against James Harden and probably took two and a half games for the Jazz to finally be on the same page, but it had some effect. But other than Iguodala's three-pointer, which was obviously the shot of the series so far, it was 
It was mammoth, but uh, but they didn't look good offensively. Trying to, if Steph gets blanketed like that, who's where's the, where are the points coming? Well, from? that's my question in this league. I know Locke was here. We'd argue again about analytics and three and two, and you know three is more than two. But you know the, I think you have to be able to adjust. If you've got a, an important player like Clay out, and he's a three point you know aficionado along with Steph. You've got to find some other offenses, you're right, whether it's at the rim or, or mid-range Jays. I mean, that's what Draymond, uh, that's what maybe uh, Igudala uh, can, can give them as well. So I don't know if Kerr adjusts and the three-point shot takes a little breather. But you've got to get some relief. from. Uh, they've got to get defenders off of Steph Curry, right? Yeah. What's the best way to do that? Have another score. I don't care if you have to do it from 12 feet, 17, or at the rim, but you've got to release Steph Curry somehow because he cannot be living around or be pushed around out on the perimeter the entire 48 minutes. That's my take. And that's what we saw in that fourth quarter. Right. I, I think you're right on the money. I mean, you've got to find – I mean, it's, it's Gordon and I talked about this earlier. It's a battle of the Jazz have fought with, with Donovan Mitchell. I mean, you've got to find a way to look, take some of that pressure Look how off. Houston put the pressure on him on the three-point yep. line. And if you can't release or get a screen to get him out of trouble and let him have some room to work, then you basically have you've negated – uh, Donovan Mitchell, but the reason being too, they also knew the Rockets knew the Jazz had peril in some ways of not having knockdown jump shooters at that time. I mean, we're just not consistent uh, three-point shooters or even mid-range shots. So they were able to do that and cause havoc for Donovan. And they also pushed Joe Ingles, remember, out on the perimeter as well. And he was unable to release and never really had a clean shot. A lot of those shots came late, if you remember, in the shot clock against the Rockets as well. And it's rare you can rush a shot with two seconds and try to try to hit one home. So if the three guys can't play for the Warriors bowler, how, how, how's this thing going to go from here on out? Well, so Kerr, you know, I, what's amazing is when I travel around the league, Kerr doesn't get a lot of credit. And a lot of coaches like Phil Jackson, uh, Pat Riley, when you have megastars and just not one or two but a boatload, uh, no one ever really gives you credit for being able to handle the personalities or, or, or how you draw up a game plan. This is where Kerr is going to have to do something uh, to, I don't know, solidify his greatness. Uh, we know what he did as a player, but as a coach, it gets you kind of go yawn yawn when you're talking about Steve Kerr, because he's coaching some of the you know the top top five of the top ten or fifteen players in a league on one team. So now, you think Draymond can score uh, big numbers uh, at twenty five? Well, see, in the in the series prior, he had a he had the he went triple double, right? He's got he's shown ability to go fifteen, twelve. Uh, you know, he's not in a bad assist man, but again, it's in his mind. He it depends on who he is that night. You know what I mean? Because he's such a defensive-minded guy, and he likes to cause havoc. But if you're asked him to be an offensive player, maybe that's what Steve Kerr is going to have to do is to try to combine him and Igudala and Deshaun Livingston play a factor here too. He's going to have to. I mean, I think he has to. Because I don't. I, if you say, "Hey, Draymond, we need thirty out of you tonight," no, no. I, don't, I don't think he no, can do it. No. So they've got to have all those. Yeah, other I think guys. It's, I, it's it's a three it's a three pack, right? I mean, I think those those three have to be able to combine and go for thirty five or more, and then Steph Curry's got to chip in what he usually is is good for, and he's he's always flirting what with thirty points a night. That's just kind of his his mo as we all know but again it'll, it'll be interesting to see if boxing one comes back what toronto does if they they rush at him um force early shots or let you know let the clock run and 
force bad shots. Well, on the fourth, he was uh, getting rid of the ball in a hurry. Yeah. I, did he attempt a single shot in that boxing one? In the, in the fourth quarter, yeah. he did not. No. Yeah. You guys made a great point, though, about the assists. Um, and that's something that they're going to have to, you know, be alert and share the ball, open man, and deliver. All right, we want to remind you to come and watch future stars of the PGA Tour tee it up at Oak Ridge Country Club in Farmington, June 27th through the 30th. Don't wait till the last minute to purchase your tickets. Buy them online now at utahchampionship.com. Coming up next, Gordon, uh, we'll get Bowler's thoughts on Ricky Rubio and your column today, so stay tuned. It's the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome on back. Total Request Tuesday. This one goes out to Mikey. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Craig Bowler, Jack sitting in studio with us. Bowler, Ricky Rubio made some comments uh, over in Europe. And uh, sometimes, you know, we have to take this with a grain of salt because translations can be a little bit awkward. But essentially said that the Jazz had informed him that uh, he was not their number one priority. And, Gordon, you wrote a column about that today. And uh, fill us in on the column. I want to get Bowler's reaction. To well, this. essentially, I, I took it as positive news. One, that the Jazz were honest with Ricky Rubio and told him what their intentions were, what the priorities were. Some clubs wouldn't do that, Bowler. Agreed. You know that. Agreed. And the Jazz showed character in, uh, in, in being up front with him. And then I think it shows uh, positivity from the standpoint that the Jazz are – uh, living up to their idea to make this team better. They want to be a true contender in the league, and they know that with Ricky Rubio at the point, they're not good enough to make that happen. And so now they want to fix that. Now, you can do it directly by bringing in another point guard, uh, trading for one or signing one in free agency, or you can do it by bringing in more shooters and letting Donovan Mitchell do what he did in the fourth quarter and initiate the offense. We saw Joe Ingles do that. They need more shooting bowler. And in the day, in this day and age of the NBA, you can't get by or very rarely can get by with a guard, be it a point or an off guard, who can't shoot. Yeah. I mean, Chris Mannix, I think, uh, made that very clear. And very few teams have that um, that ability to put a point guard on the floor and be very effective each and every night. It's kind of a two-part uh, discussion because I'm going to start first with Ricky as a person because I got to know him over the last two years and Gordon I know you've talked to him and Jake uh, what what I think is I, I can't remember a player that has been so community uh, minded uh, in a jazz uniform in a long time uh, Corver in his first stint you know, remember coats for Corver, Corver's yeah. coats mm-hmm. and his drive. The dodgeball yeah, thing. Yeah, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kyle was very, and still is, very, very involved in the communities that he's touched. But Ricky was special, and, and uh, fans were drawn to him. You know, the beard, the ponytail, uh, his, his, um, his relationship in Donovan's rookie year. Uh, mentoring, him, mentoring him and the little handshake. You remember that on the, on the, on the sideline that one particular night? And so there grew a backcourt 
and some believed it was going to be a long-term relationship. So you leave that conversation, and then you get to the real discussion, too. You never question the personality or the person of Ricky Rubio. You get into the discussion of whether or not he can help the Jazz to the next level. And I'm going to go back to the day before Dennis has moved up uh, in the ranks of management now, but on the exit interview, you remember this very clearly. We're a good team, but we're not great. And so, and that was Dennis, who, who was being truthful and I think transparent uh, with Jazz fans as well. There were nights Ricky was was on. I mean, I, I call some nights. I go, wow, this guy early would hit a tenor. He was always better when he hit a mid range J. Always better when he got some when he saw the ball go through the hoop, as as Harpreen and, and Big T always say for a player. And but he would miss some layups. He was not the most dynamic three point shooter. On occasion, he'd be dialed in. But uh, I understand what the Jazz need to do, and it's what Chris himself said and what Gordon wrote about, and that's the next level. And here's the question, though, Gordon, how do you get that next level player? And is it through trade? Is it through draft? Is it through free agency? And is it through quite a payday uh, to get that particular player? There's a lot of guards that are being mentioned, but they're not being mentioned with the Jazz. I don't expect that. You know what, Kimba Walker and the Lakers, I just heard that one yesterday. You know, after Kimba said, no, Charlotte, you know, it's all I know, right? It's all I know. And now all of a sudden, uh, you know, people are speculating maybe he'll go to Los Angeles and play with LeBron. So, you know, the, the Jazz have always done it this way. They rarely throw a player's name into the into the public foray. Uh, Ricky's name slipped out, as did Favors, just before a trade deadline in February. Dennis wasn't happy about it. But, again, in the day this day of digital media, it's going to happen. It's going to happen again. And I'm sure the, the, the rumor mill will even pick up over the next uh, week or two. I mean, the draft, guys, come on. Three weeks from Thursday? Or is it two, two weeks, weeks from Thursday? Thursday. Pardon me. Two weeks. Two weeks. two weeks. And then the summer league. I mean, come on. I mean, July 1? We're, we're, we're less than a month away from you know Salt Lake City Summer League. So I, I, I just think Gordon's got some, some points that are valid and that have been backed up by what you know the Jazz have mentioned about upgrading that position. It's tough to do, but I will say this. If the, if the interview is true to form and what Ricky said was, um, uh, as you said, the, the words are actually, um, you know, when you uh, translated, translated right. mm-hmm. if they're translated correctly, then I, I think he should obviously be pleased. I know he's upset because he, he would like to stay. I've had that conversation. Um, and again, maybe he was just giving me player speak. But he was very engaged with his community, very engaged in the locker room, very engaged with this team. But if the Jazz indeed uh, have alerted him then all that does is help him right. uh, find his next job. And my, I can't believe I couldn't lost in translation. <laughs> That's what I, I did. I couldn't, I couldn't translate my own words. But uh, I, I think that bodes well for him. And then it also helps open the door for the Jazz to move forward. And what Dennis said, we're good, we're not great, and I know that's what Jazz fans want this team to be. Do you guys agree with me that it shows a, maybe a little bit of an attitude change that the status quo is not good enough and they are being honest with Ricky Rubio before they have their bases covered? They haven't They haven't pulled off a trade. No. They don't have anything solidified at this point. And so for them to be honest with him before any of that is done, 
I think, uh, shows a, a, maybe a bit of a shift that uh, well, they're not satisfied and they want to push this thing forward. And Gordon and Jake, there could be another side of this story. Ricky could maybe not be actually happy with the news. And this was spoken overseas, and maybe the Jazz didn't want this news actually to be uh, revealed at this particular time. I don't know. But again, players react differently when disappointed, and especially if you're away from home here and you're overseas at, at your that home, then you can maybe talk more freely, and maybe your disappointment comes out there. I, I agree with you, Bowler, in that Ricky Rubio was a rare bird in this particular way he played with passion he played with his heart oh big time and and when and when he found out he said this he admitted this that when he found out that jazz were talking about using him uh to acquire somebody else that it uh it 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 hurt him in the heart and he said it, it did affect him it did yeah and i thought that was maybe Maybe we don't hear that enough from guys anymore because it is a business. Well, and that's usually the standard line, too, Jake, uh, is that uh, I get it. It's a business. You know what? Uh, believe me, we've all been around this, this sporting world a long time. It does hurt. Uh, you put a lot of effort and sweat and, and, and grit and grime into, into a franchise. Now, some guys can walk away easier because maybe they're unhappy anyway, okay? That's not the case for Ricky Rubio. I mean, he was totally engrossed with what this team was doing. Uh, you should watch, you know, being on the plane. I mean, he was one of the guys. I mean, he was one of the leaders, I mean, both on and off the floor and well-respected. And so only not only would it be t- difficult for, for Ricky, but I think, you know, the team will have to kind of readjust their, their thought pattern and the way that they handle themselves, too, on and off the floor. I, it's, it was such a tight locker room. And I think, you know, what Dennis and now Justin Zanuck, Z, uh, as we call him, who's now the general manager after Dennis's elevation. Uh, and, Gordon, you may be onto something. Maybe that is the cue of where the Jazz have decided to become more aggressive and maybe even a little bit more transparent. We don't know. But it, it, it could be a tip by making that change uh, before the draft that allows the Jazz maybe to make some more uh, more aggressive moves. But we'll wait and see. All right, we'll have more with Bowler coming up right around the corner. It is the big show here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We want to remind you uh, that uh, tune in to Hanson Scotty coming up tomorrow from noon to 3 as Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic will be live in studio to discuss an FDA-approved breakthrough and permanent solution for ED with no pills, no surgery, and no needles. More straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Your attention, please. You're locked on to the big show on 97.5-1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, a little fog hat. First concert I ever saw. I've seen fog hat in person. They're coming to town this weekend. Are they really? Where are they coming? My backyard. No. (laughs) Uh, Sandy Amphitheater. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are you going? Well, should we grab some tickets? Austin, you want to go? 
Uh, no. No? <laughs> you don't uh, like Foghat? Blasphemy. Do they have another song? I don't know. <laughs> that was the problem when I saw Foghat. They played that song as their second song of the set. And that's it. Then you left. Yeah, and you go ahead and leave. <laughs> it was like, oh, we started yelling. Fool for the city. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There's three songs. The other one is I can't, I, you know, I can't say it, what it is on the air, so. But good old fog hat. There you go. Thank you very much, uh, yeah. Austin. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Dare I ask what a fog hat is? <laughs> I have no idea. I guess you're in the fog with a hat on. <laughs> just makes Let's sense. Let's go with that. <laughs> okay. That, that just works. Okay. Yeah. Uh, should, we, uh, should we bring some of our off, uh, off-air conversation on, uh, on air just for a second? Is there anybody... Um, how one, I, I don't think there's anybody in the league who's actually untouchable, including LeBron. I think anybody is is tradable. Maybe not Steph Curry. He might be as close to untradable as... But how untradable do you think Rudy and Donovan are on this uh, Jazz roster? Gordon? Well, Rudy has some limitations at the offensive end that uh, have been difficult for the Jazz sometimes to overcome. Um so, yeah, I I I don't think he's on untra- I, I don't think he's off on the shelf somewhere. Uh, not uh, tradable. Uh, if they could get, if they could get a prime, premium scorer in the league, as long as you got Derek Favors, uh, you probably could look at a deal like that. Well, the opposite opinion of that would be the Jazz. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think Quinn and the coaching staff and management would have to say we change our entire way of playing this game if Rudy's not here. Would you agree? Oh yeah. So that would be your first indicator, or your first that that would that would have to be the Jazz say we've made a commitment to go a different direction in our the way we play this game, offensively and defensively, because he is the cornerstone defensively of what they do. And obviously we know what Mark Eaton did in the day. Rudy's a totally different player, but some similarities too. But altering shots, blocking shots, uh, and of course his play at the rim. Gordon makes a great point. In a three-point league, the, the, the debate is going to continue to be uh, what are we going to do because then you have to surround yourself with even another wing uh, or another big who can stretch and hit that outside three-point shot. Because, again, as analytics tell us, and this is an analytic league, uh, the three ball is where it's at. And it's going to continue to go there and play at the rim. It's a it's a three-point shot league, but it's also a restricted area a scoring right. league as well. Those are the two areas that are most common. And, if Rudy- and, and Rudy eliminates a good portion of that. And so I'm not suggesting the Jazz should trade Rudy Gobert. I'm just saying that uh, you would have to make up all the points that he prevents at the other end in order to have it make sense. Well, puts- well the reason we bring it up is because we all agree there needs to be some sort of, of fairly significant change. And I'm just wondering how far do you think the Jazz are willing to go? You know, how, how much do you put on the table? Well, he, he's he's a dynamic defensive player and could be a two-time defensive player of the year. But then the argument would be, and some a critic would, of Rudy would say, well, look, I need a three-point a three shooter. Gordon's point is well taken is that he disrupts, at the, he disrupts the other side, the high percentage shot at the rim, and also provides offense at the rim. So, no, he doesn't provide three-point shooting, but then is two more than – 
I mean, here we go again. We're, we're debating, is he a double? Uh, he, ha- he has two p- potential uh, all-star abilities, and that's protect the rim and also score at the rim. And rebound. And, and of course, rebound. rebound. Now, the, the biggest question, too, is the Supermax. Where will the Jazz be when those contracts come up, and how do they handle that? That's that's around the corner, and that's going to be probably Gordo. That's 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 going to be a Miller family decision as well. That's a two hundred and fifty million dollar, fifty million dollar a year supermax. He's already a third team uh, for three consecutive years. Third team, what NBA, All NBA. And now a defensive player of the year, so, so he he's already qualified. He's, qualified. Yeah. he's already qualified. He's, he's a qualifier yeah. for the supermax. So is it time then, Bowler, for them to get that that score that would they could put together with Donovan Mitchell, and then go ahead and bite the bullet and pay all that money, and pay a tax and all that to do everything you could to win a championship? All I know is that, and I'll stay on the same topic, is that has always been said through the the Scotty Layden, uh, the Kevin O'Connors, and the Dennis Lindsays, and now it's going to be Justin Zanuck making those dis- those discussions to the media. Uh, it's always been very quiet, and it's it's always been very behind the scenes. Very few things ever leak out of the Jazz organization, and you have to respect that probably more as a player. Fans would like to get more information, but it's always been to protect the player. But, Gordon, I tell you, the bottom line is they have to huddle with the Miller family, and I and I think, I've, again, this has happened on multiple times, that Gail and Greg and the family, have, is, and when Larry, you know, Larry went with Karolinko, remember, for that huge contract, and they, they flirted with that, that the cap at the time, went over a bit. But if it helps win a championship, and it's and it, nothing's ever proven, but if it looks as though that they're, they've made the right decision to elevate this franchise to the next level, then I believe I understand that the Millers are willing to go the extra mile financially. I don't want to put words in their mouths, and I think that still stands pat. But again, that's that's the big job of what Dennis and David Morey and uh, Justin Zanuck. Uh, get paid to do is to protect the payroll. It's a mid, I never call it small market, mid, mid-sized market. You have to be extra careful and you have to be spot on. You have very, as you know, you guys know, there's very little room for a mistake, whether, you, it's, whether it's a draft pick or a free agent. And you know what? As Dennis has always said, jazz DNA. Yep. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, and Craig Bowler. Jack, of course, in the house as he is each and every Tuesday. Bowler, as always, so nice of you to drop by. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. You know, it's <laughs> summer, so it kind of like, you know, gets me out of the house. You been out on the North 40 uh, doing any I work? was yesterday. Were you? I can't move right now. I'm sore. <laughs> <laughs> did you see me limp in? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. Yeah, uh, I spent the day. I spent the day up there. Okay, Midway. so, Buller, speaking of relaxing, there's a vacation that you and I got to go on. Okay. An erotic one? No. <laughs> <laughs> no! Sorry. I, I couldn't and, help myself. And, some hey, sort hey, of uh, an erotic uh, <laughs> vacation. <laughs> 
exotic. Actually, this isn't even exotic, Bowler, but it's one that I know you're deeply interested in. Lisa's pet name for me is (laughs) Bowler. (laughs) Thanks for that. And uh, and I'm interested in now if the if uh, if Sharon and Lisa are interested, then let's bring them along. But you know what the anniversary is in two days. Oh, D-Day. D-Day. Normandy. We got to go to yeah, Normandy. That's a bucket list. We oh, it'd be got amazing. to go. Bucket have you list. been over there? I have not. I, I absolutely but bucket on, list. I know the way you think, and oh. I, you know how I'm into that stuff, man. We got to go over there. It's really amazing history that is being lost daily, by the way. Uh, I believe it's 85 years. 75. 75. 75? I don't know. My 85, math is not all that good. 44. 44. So is that 75? I think that's 75. Uh, 75th. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and there's a few veterans that still are able to function well enough and move around well enough that they'll be there. I think it would be one special, special moment. And one to just kind of... I've watched all the old movies, you know, late at night, and you just and, and Saving Private Ryan. Here I'm, I'm going off a sports topic, but Saving Private Ryan. I don't think I breathed for the first thirty minutes of that movie. Oh, amazing, I, wow. it, it just shocked me. Yeah, you to, think you could dodge bullets or something? It's like raindrops, yeah, Bowler. Yeah, you can't dodge them. And I actually there was a couple of veterans. I remember this moved me. Uh, I remember a couple of vets that came in. I could tell they were a little concerned, but they wanted to be there in their wives. And about ten minutes in, they got up and left. Hmm. And I can just imagine why. Hmm. I mean. It's it was such an intense reenactment of the landing. I mean, at least from what I've read. Of course, we don't know, but the way that people have described it, um, they couldn't have probably reenacted it any better. And it was uh, those who survived. I think probably just uh, you know someone had to be watching down. Just had to yeah, be. Yeah, that's just I, crazy. It's, it's it's a luck. Uh, and it's the moment, and it's just time and place. I think it was like either not. I, mean, I get my numbers mixed up, but maybe Mister Know It All in there would would know. But I think either nine or eleven thousand American soldiers uh, buried there in those cemeteries. I mean, it's I hear it just it it does it takes your breath away. How many? Nine three eight eight. Yeah, ninety three eighty eight. Amazing. We got to go check that place. Uh, Seventy three acres. My grand uncle, my great uncle, uh, actually was one of the first on the beach. Uh, he uh, used uh, heavy machinery. Uh, was a bulldoze operator. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it there. Hmm. Well, Bowler, again, can't thank you enough for coming in, Gordo. I'll uh, see you tomorrow, buddy. Yeah, and uh, thanks, uh, Austin, for uh, for driving this boat, and uh, all our listeners. Hey, Jake, will you go out with me and check that car? Yeah, I'll. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'll do just that. You'll leave a note, too? Yeah, I will leave a note. <laughs> I'll leave a note. 1-800-POUND-SAND. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.